You are listening to KZYX 90.7 FM Philo, KZYZ 91.5 FM Willits and Ukiah, 88.1 FM Fort Bragg. Altogether, we make up Mendocino County Public Broadcasting member-supported community radio. We also stream live on the web at kzyx.org. Support for KZYX comes from our members and McCollum House, a boutique hotel and restaurant located in the heart of the Mendocino Village. McCollum House is renowned for its award-winning gardens, chef-driven cuisine, and accommodations. For more information on reservations to dine or stay, McCollumhouse.com. Mind if I sit down, everything you pray for, everything you play for me. Hi and welcome to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore and tonight I'm interviewing composer, lyricist, and musician Daniel Savio, the musical director of the San Francisco Mime Troupe. We're going to be talking about the Mime Troupe's upcoming 62nd seasonal offering, their second radio play, Tales of the Resistance, Volume 2 persistence which will debut on radiogram right here on kzox on wednesday july 7th at 8 p.m we're also going to be discussing the creative process activism and a bit of sfmt history to start us off here's a little mime troop creativity we're revolutionaries raising our voice bombastic slapstick is our weapon of choice we always draw a crowd we're red and hot and proud Silent, no, hell aloud, the San Francisco Mind Troop. A collective with a socialist objective. We put things in perspective with 60 years of free shows in the parks. Sci fi to detective, satire to inductive, tragedy and farce. We fought the man with every show. Took a shot at old Jim Crow and made the hippie heads go pop with madcap magic rock. The bourgeois made a scene, claimed we were obscene, and had us hauled up by the cops. Now that was two shows before that. We're revolutionaries raising our voice. Subversive verse is our weapon of choice. We always draw a crowd. We're red and hot and proud. Silent, no, hell loud. The San Francisco mind troop, a tradition. July 4th in the mission, actors and musicians build our stage and leave without a trace. With words for ammunition, we serve politicians, egg on their face. Don't be hopey, changey, drony, we're not scared to call our phonies, and we even got a Tony, isn't it sublime? A new play every year, a treat for eyes and ears, because we're not that kind of mind, no we're not that kind of mind. Well, heck if I know. Maybe Freedom Land was something with fact, why no? Eating it or 1600 Transylvania, and I like Red State and the possibility that Steel Town was built to last, Treasure Island's a treasure. I saw a scene double twice, and twice more holes of measure, and the costumes, Dragon Lady, Armageddon, the incredible transforming sets, the puppetry of man. 
political comedy radio play podcast by the confusingly named Always Radical and Never Ever Silent San Francisco Mime Troop. Starting July 4th, every week through September 5th, we will present one new episode written, directed, and performed by San Francisco Mime Troop veterans dealing with the revolutionary issues of the day. That was the Mime Troop theme song. Written and produced by Daniel Savio with his cousin, Jeremy Mage, and of course performed by members of the San Francisco Mime Troupe. So before I bring Daniel on, I want to tell you a bit about him. Daniel Savio started his professional theater career playing for the San Francisco Mime Troupe, participating in the tours for Godfellas in 2006, Making a Killing in 2007, and returned for Freedom Land in 2015, Schooled in 2016, Walls in 2017, and Seeing Red in 2018. And in 2018, he joined the collective and has since become the troupe's resident lyricist, writing lyrics for Treasure Island 2019, and serving as composer-lyricist for the troupe's first ever radio play, Tales of the Resistance, which was in 2020. Daniel also plays keyboards for the 808 Band, winner of the 2011 North Bay Bohemian Award for Best Hip-Hop Band, which has backed many hip-hop and reggae performers, including Chris One, MC Radioactive, and Robert Herrera. He has performed as an improv pianist with the Perennials, the Antic Witties, and the Unscripted Theater Company, the Sixth Street Improv, and the Midnight Matinee. Daniel has a BA in music from UC Santa Cruz and has studied with Bay Area composer Michael Kalkin. You're about to hear a conversation that took place earlier this week. Hi, Daniel Savio. It's a pleasure to have you with me on Be More Now. I wonder if you'll start us off with you talking a bit about yourself, your background, who you are, and how you became the music director of the San Francisco Mime Troupe. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I started being interested in music as a little child. And um, at some point, uh, I got into musical theater, and that was probably around high school, maybe just before high school, and really ever since, that's been my main focus. Um, and uh, uh, my my cousin is also a musician, and he had worked with the troupe, and then uh, in the 90s, they called him for uh, an opportunity, and he wasn't available, and he put them in touch with me, and it's been a, a pretty good relationship ever since. Um, there were a number of years where I didn't work directly with the troupe, and then in 2015, uh, I came back for the Freedom Land tour, and uh, and then a couple of years later, I joined the collective. So now I'm I'm a member of the company now, and uh, uh, starting in 2019, I wrote lyrics for. Um, the troops show Treasure Island, uh, 
Uh, and so now I am the troupe's uh, resident composer and lyricist and musical director. Um, uh, we have a, another composer who is a member of the company, Michael Bello, and he's on leave right now uh, with a, a new baby. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's a demanding job, actually, and very difficult <laughs> to do it when you also have a lot going on in your personal life. Um, uh, so uh, uh, the, the troupe, one of the things that I love about it is the wide range of stuff we get to do. Sometimes we get to play funk. Sometimes we get to play reggae. Sometimes maybe we need to write a song that's basically like uh, rancheros music or, or um, you know, sometimes we get to do stuff that's really just classical music, depending on the character. Uh, so I, I, I love that wide variety, and, and it's part of why I've stayed with the company for so long. Um, because uh, usually, like, if, if I have a particular musical itch, there will almost always be an opportunity to scratch it um, because <laughs> we just do so many different things. Out of curiosity, how do you decide what kind of song goes where? Is that something that's determined by the director, yourself, the actors, combinations? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the 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 head writer Michael Sullivan and I, uh, and and then the director who varies from show to show, and and uh, when we're doing these radio shows, varies somewhat from episode to episode. Uh, but we'll all talk about it. We'll we'll look at the script, and it it depends heavily on what the content is. Uh, content dictates form, and and content dictates style. So um, if we have uh, uh, characters who are engaged in some sort of heist or escape or something, then that's very uh, you know, exciting, adventurous, and um, maybe I'll, I'll delve into uh, different ways that people have handled that in the past and also use some of my own ideas. So uh, I'm the music is often making reference to things that we are familiar with, sort of in the same way that the scripts work. I mean, uh, um, mime troupe shows uh, tend to be uh, sort of making fun of or, or uh, gaining a, a rise from uh, making fun of, of real everyday situations in story and song. Um, and, and so the, the, um, the familiar characters of the, the villain, the hero, the lovers, uh, which, which come through commedia, uh, uh, but also simply from all sorts of comedy and, uh, um, you know, movie acting, stage acting. Um, so people will often see familiar characters in our shows, and that extends to the music as well, that, that a lot of the time the music might be, uh, you know, hitting little buttons in people's brains, not necessarily a direct copy of anything they've ever heard before, but uh, with, with familiar notes, familiar sounds, so that 
those those little uh, memories are are triggered and uh, and that part of your understanding of storytelling uh, gets gets triggered by the sound as well as by the words. So, Sit down and we'll yeah. go through the script and and look at you know what the different characters are and what the situations are. Um, uh, for example, we're uh, working on our second episode, which is entitled Jailbreak. And, uh, and, and uh, the concept of jailbreak brings certain kinds of sounds to mind. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's what I'm working with in developing the score for that episode. What kind of sound comes to mind for you? I, this is a creative process that is so yeah. interesting because we all, yeah. we all approach it a little differently, but yet you hit that archetypal, dare I say meme? I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say meme. Oh, but I, I mean, it's it. a little bit, yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, definitely there's some similarity, yeah, in the way that memes work on our brains. That it, it's not, yeah, it, it's not a, an off comparison, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in, in, I could be really specific in this case. Um, the, the second episode is called Jailbreak, and in thinking about mm-hmm. that, I was like, well, let's make the music sound a little bit like Mission Impossible. Um, uh, now, that could mean many different things to many different people. So I'm sure my interpretation of Mission Impossible is going to be different from other people's. And also, mm-hmm. like I said, it's not a direct copy. So it's like I'm taking a little bit of inspiration and then coming up with my own ideas based on that and based on the script. Um, uh, but, but, but so that's sort of the way in which it, uh, you know, connects to familiar things. So, uh, you know, I don't know if people, when they listen to episode two, will they think, oh, it sounds like Mission Impossible? Not necessarily. Hopefully, actually, they won't think that, but hopefully it will click the same sort of emotional notes for people um, and, and make them feel sort of the same way as they do when they're listening to something like Mission Impossible, where there's, there's an excitement, there's a drive, uh, there's maybe the, there's a, a good beat, but you're maybe also sort of intrigued and you don't know necessarily what's going to happen next. There's a little bit of an unsettling element to it. Um, so, it, you know, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to a lot of other art forms, whether it's painting or sculpting or something, you're going to be both trying to, but uh, uh, both trying to hit familiarities so that people sort of have a an understanding of what it is they're encountering, while also making it new so that they're encountering it in a way they didn't expect or in a way that they hadn't done before. I just want to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm your host, Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with Daniel Savio. And we're talking about the upcoming San Francisco Mime Troupe play, radio play, Tales of Resistance. The Pink Panther comes to my mind as you say something like that. That's a sure. one of those driving, that, that would, yeah. sensible yeah. kind of an idea that makes you think of maybe intrigue and some drama. So in that sense that that's yeah. the way you make your decisions. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, there are a lot of uh, movies and, and, yeah, cartoons are, are a great example where they, they take a similar approach where they're trying to uh, do something new while also 
letting the uh, listener feel like, oh, this is a little bit familiar. I think I, I have an idea of what's going on here. Uh, and, and, you know, most listeners are not themselves musicians. Um, so so th- the way that uh, the uh, the way that the listener approaches the music and the way that the artist approaches the music may be different, but they're both hearing the same things, just processing them in different ways. Right. I like that. I think that that's a great way of putting it. It's, it's kind of like you, you as a musician are doing everything you can to create an experience for somebody else that they may not really understand even why they're having that experience but you're leading them down the path that you'd like to create yeah. and become the outcome. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So you talked to me exactly. a little bit before the, before we started the show about your background and your father and you come from this social activism background because everyone who knows the Mind Troop knows that it's social, political, comedy, musical theater, right? And the Mind yeah. Troop had such a long-standing history here in Mendocino County. Pretty much most of us, either the people that grew, grew up here grew up on it and everybody else you know i know at the at the arena theater where you've been doing the mattress has been doing shows for nearly 30 years perhaps it is at 30 years at this point you know so many youth and people it's just a staple in the community until just last year right last year was the yeah. first year we didn't have the mind troop. And um, so just talk a little bit about your background, how you got into social political theater, and then also yeah. about what the mind troop's doing with this radio play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, uh, we, we love coming up there. Um, and and the, the connection to the community is a, a huge part of why I love doing this so much. Um, uh, yeah, you mentioned my father. Uh, so my my dad is Mario Savio, who uh, gained a little bit of a name for himself in 1964 uh, as a student at UC Berkeley, uh, where he uh, was a spokesman for the free speech movement, which was a, a political movement uh, organized spontaneously by students on campus to protest the university's restrictive policies against their free speech, um, which they were attempting to use to protest things such as the Vietnam War and uh, uh, oppressive uh, anti-democratic policies in especially the American South. Uh, Things haven't changed that much, unfortunately. uh, so uh, a, a number of students in the summer of 1964 went to Mississippi uh, to help register uh, black folks to vote. And my father was among them. That was called Mississippi Freedom Summer, and it, it itself has uh, uh, some famous history that I, I won't go too much into. Um, but when those students came back to university in the fall and found that their school was oppressing them in in ways similar to the way that uh, the government and communities were oppressing people in the South, they they just wouldn't stand for that. They had learned too much. Uh, So so my father developed a very strong political and social justice uh, um, uh, identity uh, in the 60s. And then I, I was born in 1980, 
but I was raised very much with that political consciousness. Um, and uh, uh, so once I became an artist, uh, the, the goal of uh, uniting my political thinking with my musical thinking uh, became very important. And uh, the, the mime troupe is the perfect uh, expression, p- perfect vehicle for the expression of that. And, and it's, it's also, it, that sounds sort of selfish, like the mime troupe is, is serving me, although there is a certain truth to that. But it really, it's the opportunity to work in a team of like-minded people and to, um, uh, to have a common goal where, you know, the, the story is, is invented by Michael Sullivan, our head writer, uh, and so any music or songs that I create are in the service of, of lifting up his voice uh, to, to even greater heights. Um, so the, the, the collective work is really gratifying, um, and uh, the seeds of that were planted, uh, yeah, 16 years before my birth in 1964, uh, or, or really 20 years before that with my father's upbringing and my mother's upbringing, um, you know, both of them coming from families where they had already developed some uh, social or political consciousness uh, in, in their youth. So it's, a, it's a, a multi-generational affair. And so you just carried the torch and kept it moving forward. And, you know, you've yeah, been... to, to some extent, although, although my parents were not artists, uh, the, uh-huh. the way that my cousin puts it, he, he, my cousin is also a musician, and the way that he puts it is that our grandparents were civil servants so that our parents could be professionals so that we could be artists. Uh, so it's, it's built up in that way. <laughs> I love it. That's a beautiful way of putting That's it. That's right. Yeah, you want to talk about the current show, what's happening, and, and maybe you can discuss yeah. how, you know, the Mime Troop's always in the parks, and we, we know that in Mendocino County very well. And then last year, as a way, rather than just going dark, like so many theaters had to do, the Mime Troop adapted and did something different. You want to talk about your solution yeah. and how that looks this yeah. year? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're in a very difficult time now. And um, uh, the uh, the pandemic uh, started getting really bad right around the time we would have to be uh, planning our season last year, um, and uh, it it very quickly became obvious that it was just there was no way that our season was going to happen, even even if things had gone you know, radically differently than they did go. And, and if the pandemic had been really nipped in the bud practically right away, I think even in that circumstance, we still wouldn't have been able to do it because uh, we have to handle things like getting permits to play in the park and, and all of that. Uh, you know, booking shows and then organizing them can't be done really overnight, uh, at least not the way that we do it. Um, so, so it became very quickly, uh, impossible for us to do it last year, the, the regular park show. 
but we could see from what was happening in the country um, with the murder of George Floyd and others and the reaction to these things and the, 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 uh, the overall way that the country had been going for the past several years, we needed to be able to put our message out there in some way. Uh, and, and so that's what led us to finding the idea of a radio show. Um, and and uh, it was also, you know, uh, as, as such things often are, yes, it was a negative, but it also provided us with a great opportunity um, because now we're creating digital content, which is wonderful that, uh, you know, now we're going to be able to put things online that will just stay there and people can go and listen to last year's show now on the website um, and they'll be able to listen to this year's show. Um, So so last year's show had a a heavy focus on uh, racial and economic justice and although I'm sure there will be elements of that in this year's show as well, we always try to uh, to to hit what is you know up to the moment important um, uh, and and significant to what is happening in the country at this moment. So that's always going to be racial and economic justice. Very sadly, um, I think uh, at least for the foreseeable future. But we always try to sort of connect the dots for people um, and and show them how different struggles are interrelated and and that uh, um, while the exact things that uh, say maybe the the queer community is dealing with aren't exactly the same as what the black community is dealing with there are things that tie those struggles together and and so if if uh, if oppressed peoples can work together or at least see each other in each other's faces and in each other's struggles uh, that can, uh, you know, give us all strength to carry on in the fights that we are engaged in. Um, so, so the Mind Troop attempts to sort of uh, tie, those, tie those, make those connections for people, um, make them obvious, but also make them entertaining to have uh, watched. So this year, um, we, we are doing roughly the same kind of thing as we did last year, although maybe it'll be structured a little bit differently. Last year, we had several storylines that all come together uh, in a, a triumphant, climactic final episode. And uh, this year, we may have a little bit of that, but we also have some other features as well. Um, so it, it should be a, a, a diverse offerings. Um, you know, if uh, you, if you don't necessarily love episode yep, one, sorry. you might enjoy episode two as well. Uh, sorry, what was okay, that? Okay, so, so you're saying that it's going to be, it's a serial, but it's a serial done in a different way where the episodes are going to be more standalone episodes? Is that what you're saying? There may be some of that, yeah. Uh, so you, uh-huh. you would think of it as, a, uh, a, as an anthology series. Um, so there, although the show airs every week, uh, it won't necessarily be the same set of characters every week. Um, so we, we get to tell multiple stories across the entire season instead of just one story. And how many actors are involved with this year's show? 
you know, I, I won't be able to tell you exactly. Um, I know that mm-hmm. it's probably somewhere in the realm of between six and ten different actors. Um, uh, I, I think uh, maybe we have sort of a core of people who will keep coming back, but then we also have some additional folks who will appear for specific uh, episodes. Um, that's you know part of also the advantage of doing the radio show instead of the park show is that we are able to involve more of our people um, than than we might otherwise be able to do because uh, everybody won't necessarily be available for a uh, you know a, a forty show tour but they can record a radio episode which we then broadcast uh, because it, it doesn't uh, you know it doesn't require nearly as much time for the actors um, uh, so it, it, it's fun in that way that we, we get to have more voices more musicians uh, and uh, uh, do, do effectively <laughs> yeah well let, Less rehearsal or the same amount of rehearsal, but packed into a smaller amount of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know I mean, what I mean. Oh, absolutely. The challenge of of trying to put together these shows so quickly um, is mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's both helped by the new format and hindered. I mean, there there are challenges as well as advantages for sure. Once again, a quick interruption to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now, and this is Blake Moore, and I'm interviewing Daniel Savio, a lyricist, composer, musician for the San Francisco Mime Troupe. Can you talk at all about the theme and the subject matter being tackled in this year's show, and what, what's it called? Well, I can I can talk a little bit about it. Um, so so yeah, uh, no spoiler. Uh, last year uh, we called the show Tales of the Resistance, and this year we're calling the show Tales of the Resistance Volume Two: Persistence. So uh, that's that's part of it is persisting in the struggle uh, despite uh, despite the hardships. Um, and, uh, and and that I think just reflects generally where we are as a country, um, but uh, also uh, with specifics. So uh, uh, we are going to be dealing a little bit with uh, media and also with the relationship between uh, the uh, the workers and the bosses, um, and specifically in the realm of media. Um, and uh, we are also going to be dealing with the police and the concept of resisting arrest and how it's used as a catch-all to just throw anybody that they want to throw in jail in jail whenever they feel like it. Um, and uh, we'll be also looking a little bit at, uh, at, at history and at concepts of, uh, of left-wing activism um, the the uh, the fact that we get to have different segments um, within one episode sometimes is really fun. Uh, uh, so it's a, like I said, it's an anthology series. So um, there might be storylines that are ultimately related to one another, and then there might be storylines that are really, uh, like I said, just kind of one-offs. Um, uh, so we're in the uh, in the first episode, there's going to be a feature called Eyeball on History, where we get to look a little bit 
at the history of, uh, of social protest in the United States and see, uh, see where that comes from and, and uh, uh, how it relates to our modern world. Uh, I can't tell you all that much more than that because we're only part way through writing the season. Um, so uh, so I, I don't know where it's going to end up. Uh, it's finally. your guess as much uh, as ours. So, that's right. That's right. How long will the episodes last? So they start, it, the, the show begins its airing in many radio stations on the 4th of July. Is that true? Or around the first weekend of July? Yeah, the, the, the first episode will begin airing the 4th of July. Um, it'll be available online uh, on the 4th of July, and it'll air on some radio stations on the 4th, and then I think others uh, on, on their own schedule. I'm not sure exactly. Um, and uh, uh, it's going to be, I think, a total of about nine or ten episodes. I, I couldn't tell you exactly. Um, and, and airing once a week. Um, mm-hmm. starting the 4th of July, uh, which is a, almost what we did last year. Um, uh, but I think last year maybe it was uh, only once every two weeks. Um, uh, but I think maybe it went a little bit longer. Like last year we went all the way until the election. And this year I think we're actually going to stop earlier than that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but because so, we're doing it weekly, uh, it'll end up being about the same amount of material. So I'm curious if somebody wants to, let's say, watch last year's show, they can, and I'm going to include those links on my program notes for this show in both the podcast version as well as on KZUX if you go to the program yeah. listing. And I'm curious, can you take us through last year's show so people can kind of have an idea of the trajectory of how this radio play, serial drama, plays out? I'm not sure what you mean. You mean like uh, uh, sort of tell you the story of what happened last year? Yeah, just the Cliff Notes synopsis version that if someone wants to tune in now and and listen to last year's, they might have missed it. And I'm assuming it's still very relevant Uh. today to get an idea of what to expect this year. Sure. Uh, Yeah, uh, well, um, uh, it... You don't have to have listened to last year's show to understand this year's show. They're not directly tied of narratively. Of course. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so last year we had uh, four or five maybe uh, main characters, and each of those, those four characters had their own show within the show that each one was of a different style. So we had a uh, sort of a detective noir. We had uh, a sort of a medical drama that was also kind of an adventure story um, with a, uh, a, a nurse um, involved in, in uh, you know, working at a hospital and having to deal with the bureaucracy and also uh, uh, facing the pandemic. Um, we had, oh gosh, I'm going to forget, um, uh, let's see, we had uh, a, a science fiction series about a character who had invented an app, and then that app was taken by um, uh, uh, political forces to use for their own purposes. Um, 
Uh, and uh, uh, then we also had a, a series where we talked about uh, unions and the, uh, the the issues facing workers, um, and and ultimately that all came together uh, because all of those characters were struggling within the same uh, system, right? They weren't necessarily all fighting the exact same fights, but they were struggling within the same system. Uh, and, and so this year we're going to have a little bit of that. There will be a couple of different storylines um, of characters that ultimately do meet, um, uh, but, but we also have several uh, one-off uh, uh features so that that way we get to uh, talk about different issues and we don't have to necessarily directly relate them all to one another, which can be pretty challenging ultimately uh, once it all comes together. And these are very similar to the way the Mime Troop show normally works where there's dialogue, there's drama, and then there's also song. So the characters will break out in song and live music. and, And I'm assuming that similar to a live show, you know, there's the musical punctuation that happens. That's correct? Well, there's, there's some of that, uh, although the, um, the radio format gives us opportunities to handle that in different ways than, than we might do in the parks. Um, so, uh, yeah, in, in the parks, the band does a lot, uh, right? The, the band is playing a lot of uh-huh. uh, uh, what, what you call foley, doing sound effects and such. Um, now, the visual element is gone, right? This is a radio show, not a stage show, not a television show. So with no vid- visual element, it can be difficult to match up auditory sound effects with actions. Um, and so yeah, uh, it's so I true. think uh-huh. maybe we're, we're doing a little bit more on the radio show with actual sound effects uh, and a little bit less with Foley um, uh, than we do in the park shows. Um, but, but yes, to some extent, it, it is in fact really, it's the same style, but now without the visual element. And so there is a greater focus put on the voice. Um, and, and the music is allowed to do different things. And, you know, it's, it's not even just the change in format, but it's just the fact that people are now listening to the show from their car or in their home as opposed to sitting in a park. So when you're in the park, the show has to compete with the rest of the world that is happening around you. If there's a train going by or a fire engine or helicopters overhead, the show has to be engaging enough that people will focus on it no matter what else is going on in the radio show. We still have to retain people's focus, but the way we do that is different. Um, the, the, uh, the snappy comic timing is very similar, but the overall structure of the show actually, uh, has, has changed somewhat because it's no longer a stage show. Uh, so, so we, we get to do different things and it presents new opportunities and new challenges, um, uh, including, especially because 
you know, the, the mu- we try to always uh, make the music and the drama fit together as tightly as possible. And in, in the rehearsal studio in normal years, that means rehearsing a scene over and over again until we are playing the music at exactly the right pace and hitting, the, hit, hitting you know, particular moments at exactly the moment that the actors hit them on stage. And now that's not how we're doing it. Now what we're doing is we're recording something, and then we take that recording and we put it into our editing program, uh, and we position it exactly where we want it. So it's a little bit easier on the performers in that they only have to get it right once. And then we make it just right on the, on the final recording. Oh, the As opposed to them radio, having to yes. nail it 40 times in a row, yeah, all summer long. Yeah. So, yeah, it, there, yeah. There yeah. are definitely things that are easier for us and things that are harder for us. Um, but, uh, but hopefully the ultimate product is pretty entertaining. And that is Daniel Savio of the San Francisco Mime Troop speaking with Blake Moore right here on Be More Now on KZWX. Knowing what I know about the Mime Troop, one of the challenges is the limitation. You know, you can only have five actors. So every year, the number of people in the talent pool has to be winnowed down to such a small number. And this way you get to have everybody represented. So I'm sure that's been a wonderful opportunity for past performers and people that are, have been involved to stay involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great to to be able to do that. Um, So we, we get to have people we've worked with before uh, come back and, and, you know, maybe, um, uh, if we were doing a stage show, it wouldn't make sense for somebody to uh, have to show up with us in the park 40 times all summer for five minutes on the stage, right? That doesn't make sense. If, if you have to do that, then it makes more sense to take one of the actors that we've already got and put them in a new costume. But for the radio program, we get to do that. If we, we have a character, we have a, a, an actor we want to put into say, one of these one-offs, which are relatively short and don't require a huge commitment all summer long, we can do that. And it's not too hard for them, and it's not too hard for us, and it gives the audience a little bit more that they get to enjoy. Um, So, yeah, there's, there's some really wonderful opportunities with the change in format, despite the challenges and despite... Uh, losing the wonderful experience of being able to be in the parks directly interacting with our audience um, and, uh, you know, receiving that immediate feedback of applause or boos and hisses when their villain takes the stage or uh, whatever it happens to be, uh, people's natural reactions. Do you have any kind of canned sounds that are coming through while you're doing this? Or are you just leaving it to... The silence of 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 air. Uh, oh, you mean like uh, like a laugh track, that kind of thing? Yeah, or like any like silly things that might come through. I mean, a laugh track track. I mean, you know, are you using any of those kind of old fashioned radio techniques in what you're doing? Oh yeah. Um, well, y- yes, to some extent. I don't. We, we haven't been putting in like a fake audience. That's not that. That isn't right. one of the no. things that we've no. done. Although. You know, I'd never rule it out. If maybe there was an episode where that just seemed like exactly <laughs> the right thing to do, we would do it. Um, but uh, uh, thus far, no fake audience sounds. But 
yes, absolutely we are using uh, tried and true uh, uh, radio drama methods. Um, and, and I think the, the ultimate experience of listening to the show uh, is one that sort of unites past and present. Um, you, you can hear that it's a modern show, the subject matter is modern, the, the approach to storytelling is modern, the, the music, uh, while it's not necessarily always modern styles, the recording quality is modern, um, but the medium is definitely not modern. And so that influences the storytelling. So the, there's, there's both. There's both old-fashioned and modern happening at the same time. And, and I find that, personally, I find that very interesting. I think it, it, it's fascinating. And, uh, and in my own uh, listening to last year's show, which I've done quite a lot of, um, I, I find that it works on that level, that, that I feel like I'm listening to an old-time radio show but I'm clearly not. <laughs> it's clearly happening now and talking about what's happening now. That makes sense. So I'm wondering, what's up for the Mime Troop for the future? Are you hoping to get back to a regular show next year? Thoughts for where this is going? Yeah, uh, I, I think we do hope to get back to the parks uh, in 2022. Um, it, is, it is even conceivable that we might be able to have some public events this year uh, late in the summer. I can't say for sure because we just, we just don't know. Um, but uh, yes, we, we are hoping to get back to the parks uh, next year. And uh, the, the troop is also um, uh, trying to expand our audience uh, uh, by uh, making more connections through social media. And uh, we are trying to uh, improve our facilities as well. Um, the, the Mime Troop Studio uh, is something that we want to be not only a rehearsal space for us, but also a, uh, a place for the community um, where they might, where, where people might be able to come to see shows or might be able to uh, use to rehearse their own shows. So we're, we're trying to improve our property uh, in San Francisco to make it even better uh, for, for people to, uh, to, to use as a resource. Um, That's wonderful. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's great. I mean, we do that already. Um, but there are right. some limitations due to the way that the building is. I mean, it's, it's an old building, um, and it was a recording studio before it became the San Francisco Mime Troops studio, um, and uh, uh, quite a lot of... It was quite uh, a famous recording studio, yes. It, it, that's uh -huh. right. It was a famous recording studio where a lot of wonderful, I think, jazz records mostly were recorded. Um, and uh, uh, so we, we want to keep it as a, uh, a, a vibrant and, and uh, important uh, space for artists, um, and, and not just for us personally, but, but for the community as a whole. Um, so we're we're trying to proceed with that. Um, 
it, it's a little bit difficult sometimes because we're a pretty small organization and uh, and and these are pretty big tasks we've set ourselves but uh, you know that that's what we do we 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 um, our, our eyes are as big as our stomachs or at least as big right <laughs> yeah and I just want to mention to any music lovers out there it was fantasy fantasy records was that's the right. name of the music studio that used to be the Mime Troupe. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing to know because if you look up Fantasy Records, you just go, oh, my goodness, really? Wow, that's, yeah. Wasn't it the Peanuts guy? Didn't he record there too? I, I know I should not call him the Peanuts recorder. I, yeah, I think so. I, could, I can't tell you exactly, yeah. but I know that there was a, 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 a long and storied history. Yeah. And there are ghosts in the costume shop. There are so many old musicians That's wandering right. around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So do you have any, let's say, message, something or anything you'd like listeners to take away from this conversation just for about the mud troop or about the show coming up or just about life in general? Anything you'd like to leave us Yeah, well, us uh, with? I, you know, just uh, part of the reason why we felt it was so important for us to find some way to get our work out there uh, during this time was that we think that the, the troop is, uh, the, the troop serves a dual purpose, that we are both trying to uh, help people who don't understand the issues that we're talking about to, ha- to gain a greater understanding, but also that that there is a community of activists who uh, need their spirits lifted at least a little bit from time to time in order yeah. to right. have the strength to carry on. Right. And, and so that's, that's a big part of what it is. Um, uh, people talk about, I, I've heard criticisms of the troop uh, that might be summed up as saying uh, that, that we are, preaching to the choir and the the implication is that our audience already understands what we're talking about and and uh we're just we're we're just talking to people who already agree with us now first of all our audience doesn't necessarily always understand already what we're talking about um but but also uh we're not preaching to the choir we are the choir we're preaching to the congregation. So our, our audience is the congregation. We are the choir. We are giving the sermon. Uh, and, and our goal is to lift the spirits of our audience and also to show them a possible way forward. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, th- th- there, there's a long history of people thinking of theater as a church. And that's true for us too. And when we go to the parks, the park is our church, uh, and, and and everybody's welcome. Uh, everybody's welcome, and it's uh, it's it's the people's uh, it's it's the people's church, right? So it's like um, right. uh, one one of the things we say is uh, the San Francisco Mime Troupe is not a community theater, but we are the community's theater. And that is true. That is absolutely true. And, and that's one, one of the main reasons that we had to get, uh, had, to, had to find some way to get our work out there uh, during the pandemic because we couldn't leave our community without 
uh, without our support. We, we, we need the community support, but we are here to support the community as well. Right. Beautiful. Wonderfully said. And what's the website we can send everybody to? Yeah, so our website is www.sfmt.org, uh, and, and there you can find out more about us. You can find out about shows that we've written in the past. You can listen to last year's show as well as other uh, uh, recorded content that we've, we've created in the last couple of years, and then you'll also be able to listen to this year's show as it comes out each week starting July 4th. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Daniel. Savio, Savio. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Thank it you, Blake. It was really, wonderful to talk to you. It's really a pleasure. Yeah, it's so great to hear you talk about your passion. Thank you for all the great work you've done for the Mind Troop and for all of us. Uh, and thank you, Blake. Thank you for, for helping us get up there and, and stay up there uh, even during this time. Yeah. <laughs> And that about wraps up my interview with Daniel Savio of the San Francisco Mime Troupe, composer, lyricist, musician, and all around pretty amazing person. As I said in the beginning of the show, Jamie Roberts will be airing Tales of Resistance on Radiogram July 7th at 8 p.m. And he'll be playing an episode every week through the first month, airing each episode as it is released. And I also would like to let you know that tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., right here on KZOX, you can catch Politics, A Love Story. And this week, host Bob Ushansky will talk with Theodore Roosevelt Johnson III about his new book called When the Stars Begin to Fall, Overcoming Racism and Renewing the Promise of America. Ted is a senior fellow at the Brennan Center for Justice at the NYU School of Law, and he has also served in the U.S. Navy for 20 years and was a White House fellow in the first Obama administration. Bob says this is a do-not-miss conversation, so tune in tomorrow, Friday at 9 a.m. for Politics, A Love Story. Also, starting July 2nd, the Willits Community Theater will be opening its doors to live performances. So speaking of theater, running July 2nd through the 18th, the Willits Community Theater presents The Viewing Room by Mark Smith and directed by Matthew Kane. The Viewing Room is a heartwarming family comedy about a dad who thought the purpose of his wake was to wake up and show his dysfunctional family how much they really mean to him. Performances are Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7.30, and Sunday at 2. There will be no show on July 4th. Tickets are only available electronically and can be purchased on the theater website, wctperformingartscenter.org, or call 459-0895 for more info. If you would like to listen to this show again or catch past episodes, you can find Be More Now on kzwax.org and click on the link to the show archives. You can also subscribe to the show via Spotify or Apple Music. Look for Be More Now. Up next, of course, is The Treehouse with W. Dan. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, therapy for the soul and mind. And thank you again for listening to Be More Now 
I'll be back next month on August 5th, Thursday, with the editor and a few poets from Blue Light Press, their latest anthology of San Francisco poets. And it looks like I have a little bit more time left, so I'm going to share a couple of youth poems that were written toward the end of the school year, the 2021 school year, starting off with Fort Bragg High School senior McKenna Martin and her poem, Leaving for the Woods, followed by Arena fifth grader Douglas Downhower and his poem, Everyone Has Kindness. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned right here on KZOX for The Treehouse with W. Dan. Growing up, getting washed in a plastic bucket felt tragic. Sleeping without insulated walls felt unfair. But when you finally leave for the city, the trees become skyscrapers. The gardens become an old man's front yard. And sometimes you just want to feel the earth but you can't. It's buried deep. Digging with a shovel will get you nowhere. So you lay down and remember what once was. And when you walk down the street, people beg for spare change. The city is a wild jungle. People are on their own. They only care about themselves. And suddenly, you miss your plastic bucket. Everyone has kindness by Douglas. Dear Kindness, if I could corner you in a bright blue room, I would ask you, thank you for being with me all my life, because I wouldn't be doing so well without you. If you were a landscape, you would be a flowery land. You would have golden hair and dark green eyes and a beige face. You would sound like heaven. You would taste like the sweetest strawberries ever. You would smell like freshly baked cookies. You would feel like the softest blanket on the planet. The End. Created by Douglas Downhour. Mind if I sit down? Everything you pray. Everything you play for me